Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to the Hellmouth. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley. This is the Buffy podcast that has a familiar face. Hellmouth? Hellmouth. Shit, I fucked up. I fucked up. I didn't tell you that we were going to have one. I thought you did. No, I don't think so. I th- oh, good God. <laughs> I think we stopped recording and I had a panic that I did not tell you about. Wow. <laughs> Foolish, Michaela. Foolish, Michaela. Because we have at uh, least one familiar face. Yeah, I know. This is season seven, episode 11, Showtime. Original air date, January 7th, 2003. I've had a bit of time to sit on this episode about... You know, a day since I watched it. Yeah. And the more I've been thinking about it, the not angrier I've gotten. (laughs) Oh, boy. The less pleased with it I've gotten, I think. Yeah. 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 (laughs) There's some plot holes. Uh Uh-huh. There's a bunch more plot holes. Yeah, I... uh, (laughs) I'm not gonna come out and say I had a fantastic time. It's... It's more of the same, but less fun, I think. Yes. Yeah. Because initially when I was thinking about this, I was like, what was the point of that episode? Oh, we had a big fight that took a bunch of it. It inspired the potentials. That's cool. Moving on. Oh, and Spike is free now too. That's great. Okay. Aces, we are good to go from here. Yeah. But the more I think about it, I'm like, okay, they got some information that Buffy living has fucked up the Slayer line. And I'm like, but that happened six years ago. The wiki like, has that's a when, theory about this. <laughs> that's when she lived, writers. You can't pull this bullshit uh, on me. She died the first time and that summoned Kendra then Faith. Her dying the second time has done jack all. Yeah. But apparently that's the one that fucked things up. There's like a lot of garbage about this in the wiki mm-hmm. that I was reading and I just was like, I don't know, wiki. I don't know about that. So I highly doubt it holds together. It doesn't. You're going to hate it. I'm going to read it to yeah. you. Good. Okay. So yeah, as, as you said, the Slayer line was actually altered when Xander revived Buffy using CPR and Prophecy Girl. Correct. It could be uh, that because of Buffy being revived naturally and not magically resurrected, <laughs> the Slayer line wasn't altered enough for the first to act upon it at the time. <laughs> Even though her death triggered the calling of another Slayer or that a mystical resurrection reconnected Buffy to the Slayer line. What? <laughs> Oh, oh God, this is perfect. Yeah, of course. What a great trash trash theory. It's so trash. Oh man. Oh, it's just doing so much work that the writers didn't do. Yeah, and this is, I think, my problem is that the writers are thrilled to give me exposition, but not about the things that I care about. And this is what we were talking about last episode. Yeah. But it's like, you know, they talk about potentials, but the questions I have about potentials will never be answered. Because I'm like, oh, how do you find potentials? This they is are a great never question. going to get into that. No. I've got to imagine. And, you know, how what what does it mean to be a potential? Do you have some power and like mm, they're not super interested in saying that either okay yeah. sure and then <laughs> and yeah this whole breaking of the slayer line Ooh. but then possibly mystically rehealing it like obviously buffy's not going to die again before the last episode of this season yeah. i would imagine you would imagine so we we don't have to find out whether her death now will trigger another slayer being called but yeah. like the writers should know the answer to that right And I was really having a lot of problems with the level of knowledge the potentials themselves seem to have about all this because they 
were certainly as confused, if not more, than me about these types of issues. And it really just felt like everyone stuck them in the basement, told them next to nothing, and just expected them to train each other? Yeah. Oh, Mm. yeah. (laughs) So that's not great. And, like, Buffy has this big plan later on this episode that doesn't make any sense, actually. (laughs) Like, we'll talk about it. (laughs) But her grand plan, every single step of it, makes no sense. It's it's a stupid, insane plan. Okay, so we've got some feelings about this episode. (laughs) That's fine. Hey! So I I just want to... My first note says, oh, hey, Rhonda. And I was so close. (laughs) (laughs) I was so close to what her name was. I... (laughs) So... The potential in the <laughs> truly tragic overalls oh, is named Rona. I was so oh, close. so well fitting. Did you get an? Oh no, fuck! Did you get an actual picture of her overalls? Because they're was trash. so dark, man. It's so dark. Like, it does a pan up, but like I can't stitch that. I'm not good enough no. to stitch that together. Who has the time? So, oh man, yeah. Her her overalls are trash. This layer. They're they're very trash. Yeah. Or potential. Sorry, whatever. And this brings up a couple great things for me. Number one. We don't care about the potential things. <laughs> and like later on, it became a problem for me because one of the potentials isn't necessarily real, but I thought her name was different than oh, it fuck. is. So when they were like, it's Eve, I was like, who the fuck's Eve? Chloe's the one you've got to worry about. She's mad evil. <laughs> And then it turns and out like, no, that's no, no. not Chloe. That's, that's Eve. not Chloe. That's Eve. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh shit. I Okay. So we don't need to know these people's names. The show's not trying to do a great job. I think it tries to do a pretty good job with Rona, but like uh, there's so many of them and they're so expendable like, that I don't really care. Did it tell you Felicia Day's name? No, I don't know. I don't her think char- it did. Well, I do know her character name because I saw IMDb, but like. But other than that, like, I honestly don't think they said her name because they're like, this is too many new names this episode. Let's, let's not. Game of Thrones, these people, they don't know what that is. That's fine. The number of potentials is also great because it allows me to have a ranking of like favorite to least favorite. Yeah. Very easily. And you really hate Kennedy. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm yet to really get on board that train. I was trying to remember her name early on and I was like, it's not, it's not Harmony. It's not <laughs> Molly. It's Kennedy. It I actually out. hated Kennedy the least this episode. Yeah, this episode yeah. she wasn't terrible. And um, uh, Rona, my reasons, oh man. Yeah, <sighs> my reasons for hating Kennedy may not hold up during this watching. I'm interested to see, honestly. The other Fair ones enough. mostly are not. They're either doing nothing or they're just complaining incessantly. Well, I hated Eve the most. Eve's well, the worst. Yeah. She's southern <laughs> and she's so complainy, and I'm like, no, no, thank you, Eve. Um, obviously, Felicia Day as Vi, which yes. is her unannounced character name. Top favorite, for sure. And then, like, yeah, as you say, the rest of them sort of fall in in the middle somewhere. Yeah. You don't really care. Molly's still wearing that awful jacket. And I'm like, no, demoted for that. Yeah, right? Guys, Buffy has lots of jackets. She's taller than Buffy, but maybe she can just squeeze on into one. You know? Save right? her from herself. You're supposed to be training her in the ways of the world, right? You start by burning that jacket. (laughs) The other thing that I was interested in about these potentials, we've got a bunch of them. Yeah. And, you know, they're tween actors at this point, mostly. Maybe teen actors. Yeah, perhaps late teens, early 20s. We sort of suffer a little bit from a 
this just being cast and shot in or around LA. Yes. Because how many potentials do we have? Uh, Kennedy, Molly, Rona, Eve, Chloe, and Vi is so five. five. Yeah, I right. feel like five there are in this five. episode. Yeah. Two fifths of them, the actors have a single name. Right? And you're just like, what's happening right now? One of you is named Indigo and the (laughs) other is named La Lane. La Lane, yes. Who and that's was apparently it. No on, last name. on Lizzie McGuire as a Yes, she was. I recognized her teen. from Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah. Insane. So uh two fifths have just the single name with no last name. So that's Oh boy. I will say that man. Indigo seems to be doing pretty well still. Mm. So that's who plays Rona. Mm-hmm. But she is currently she has two credits in 2017, one of which is a four episode run on a tv series Hmm. she's got another four episode run and then she's in you know six episodes of something in 2011 something else 12 episodes so clearly things you know went pretty well for her so good for her yeah Yeah. good for her so rona we are introduced to her stepping off a bus at the old sunnydale bus station sunnydale bus station oh how we missed it inca mummy girl it's still here though (laughs) yeah and um you know, she's showing up alone, which probably isn't going to go great for her. She gets surprised by some bringers or harbingers, same thing. Yeah. Uh, but Buffy's here to save her. Yay! Yeah, so Buffy's human kill count is at three for this episode so far. <laughs> oh, it's going to get pretty high. <laughs> so but high. But no, they're weird cultists. They don't okay. count. So, the bringers. Yeah. Having no eyes, turns out, kind of a disadvantage while trying to fight. But they don't seem that disadvantaged most of the time by their lack of eyes. So I don't know if they actually can't see. That's also very unclear. (laughs) Which is weird for an entire group of bad guys whose entire thing is that they have no eyes. Like, we got so much more characterization from Glory's minions than Uh, we ever get about these guys. You know, but Glory had the world's best minions. It's true. Yeah, she did. You can't go up from there, I guess. They were phenomenal, you know? No, whatever. These guys are, I think giving them any sort of characterization just makes them more human and thus really makes our problem of Buffy killing people that much worse, you know? So yeah, these guys are humans. In terms of cults that I want to join... I'd say <laughs> this is low get, on that list. Getting a getting a face tattoo, right? <laughs> oh yeah, or like the, the Knights of Byzantium. Fuck it. That's like that's pretty low. I don't want to get a face tattoo to join your cult. But gouging out both my eyes? No. Much. I'm not interested. Much lower. I'm getting like an entire full face tattoo before that's ever fucking happening. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right? Tattoo up my entire face, but leave my eyes alone. <laughs> Fuck. Hell yeah. Jesus that's Christ. crazy. Yeah. I mean, cultists. Also, what are you gonna do? right they're nuts they also have bald caps on over what seems like copious amounts of hair (laughs) so whenever you see one of these guys up close they look like weird baby adults because the bald caps have Mm. so much volume to cover up that their heads are just huge how hard is it to find a bunch of bald dudes right like just find some make them shave their heads isn't that what being an actor is all about right yeah because these are just here for stunts they're not doing any acting they look menacing and then they fight buffy the end apparently their hair was very important to them that's all we know so i have a picture of buffy as she shows up to save rona from the bringers Mm -hmm. i just so well fitting you know i saw this leather coat and i was like damn that fits her well oh yeah it does 
I just was appreciating it because I flashed back to all those times her coats were <laughs> two to three sizes too big for her, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Rona introduces herself and I'm like, oh boy, I was close though. <laughs> so Not close. Rhonda, but very close. Again, <laughs> so close. do we need to learn any of their names? No, really? Boo. Hey, Boo. and then you know what happens? Buffy name drops the name of our show. Yeah. Welcome to the Hellmouth. Welcome to the Hellmouth. Welcome. <laughs> Bitches. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Yeah, super great. And that takes us up to credits a mere, like, 15 minutes into recording this episode. You know, (laughs) we've started to really front load a lot of our (laughs) grievances. We need to just get them out of the way. That's intentional by me, by the way. That's 100% intentional. All right, so Rona is going to be our straight man, our everyman, being introduced to the wild world of potentials in this episode. But right, first they'll we're have going to teach to... her all of the things that they've learned from their watchers who they definitely had. We'll have to abandon her for now, though, and go check up on Willow living in Shea Summers, because everyone's here now? Like, she distinctly moved out at the start of this season. She's back. Xander's crashing on the couch. Everyone lives here now. You know, Andrew's got that chair. (laughs) Which he is still tied to. So saying he's got that chair is a bit uh, misleading. It's his chair. He's claimed it. (laughs) Certainly no one else is going to sit there while he's tied to it. Precisely. I'll give you that. But yeah, you know, everyone's here. And that makes sense because it's safer to be in numbers, I guess. It's basically... We're at war now, I Mm. think. And so going home while you're at war seems just ridiculous, you know? Yeah, that's true. Like, there could be an attack at any time. Anything could happen at any time. So Willow and Xander are just here now. Well, if there's going to be an attack at any time, you might as well stay up through the entire night talking, right? Jabbering on and on. Who needs sleep, right? Oh, none of these young girls, apparently. Certainly not Kennedy, who is propositioning Willow from Willow's own bed. It's unclear how old Kennedy is. Yeah, they want to keep that line real blurry, it seems. And I would have honestly appreciated even like a clunky line of Kennedy being like, I am 19 years yes. old. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since I turned 19. <laughs> right? Anything. Anything like that would have just been phenomenal. But no, we don't get that. Instead, there's some weird character building about Kennedy's family being really rich. Sure. But yeah. you're just like, what does this have to do with anything? <laughs> Why are you telling me this and not your age? (laughs) Well, we need to know that before we can discern her age. Ah, right. Rich people do look younger because of all their money. (laughs) Yep. It's true. You cracked it. Right. So she's trying to get Willow to come and sleep in the bed with her. No funny business here. She does not promise no funny business, by the way. No, no, Yeah, Willow's just like, I'm great on the ground here, young lady. Right? Of indeterminate age. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. After my last long-term girlfriend was shot and killed. So. Still very recently. And then I did some things. In a room not far from this one either. Actually, yeah. Like, yep. hmm, yeah, yep. it's troubling. Anyway, Kennedy says, if you wanted, or if I wanted to sleep, I would be downstairs with all the sleeping chumps. Smash cut to. <laughs> the chumps are all awake. They are all awake. And one of the chumps is Felicia Day. Oh. We've already spoiled this, but my goodness, it's good to see her. Look at her go. Do you see my picture? 
She's so many. Is this a brand new day? Yeah. Da, 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 da. I yeah. was really proud of that. So mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah, I like we're it. happy to see Felicia Day. There's the same potential with the wacky coat and fancy accent that was here last <laughs> time we saw these folks. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Uh, and there's a couple of new girls along with Felicia Day. There's the Southern Blondie, as you've pointed out. Who is named Eve and not Chloe, as I am. Immediately jumped to. Right. And then there's actual Chloe who has short right. dark hair. Yeah. Yes. Lelaine. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hillary uh, Duff's friend. Yeah. Yes. Hillary <laughs> Duff's friend indeed. Yeah. And so they're awake talking about how they're scared and everything is scary and shitty. And that's basically mm-hmm. all they talk about, especially Eve for most of this episode. Giles is here. Anya's here. Giles is still very hands in pockets these so days. So many hands in pockets. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. So many hands, so many pockets, you know? <laughs> Tony, Tony, Tony. Why have you just got your hands? Are you cold? He's probably just cold. I think that's He's probably it. chilly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just yeah. watching him duck out of the way of every <laughs> bit of physical contact in this episode was a delightful game to play. Oh my god, it's perfect. Because, yeah... <laughs> There are people who barge like straight past him and he has to do like a whoop with both hands in a pocket. I do wonder if you hadn't noticed his behavior last episode, if you would have seen it here. Because I think it's maybe even more prevalent this episode, although we were both on the lookout, so we're biased. I don't think Michelle knows yet. I have to whisper because she's in the other room. Ah, we better find out soon. You need to ask her in code. What? Because maybe she doesn't think that you know, but she doesn't want to spoil it for you. Okay, okay. This is a good improv scenario. (laughs) Tell me, give me an example of what sort of code I would use to tell my wife that I think that Giles might be fake. (laughs) You would say to her, gosh, I can't believe what a shock it was that that Eve was not real. Could you even imagine if any of the other characters weren't really who they said? But that prompts her to think about these things where currently Uh-oh. she's just, well, she, I better keep my voice down, which I'm not doing, but currently she's just blissfully ignorant. Hmm. Fine. I guess there's no way to ask this that isn't wildly leading, if that's yeah. the problem that you have. Honestly, so the Eve thing and the Giles thing, Why is there not a completely immediate and very prevalent form of interaction between everyone in the household that's just like, hey, you pass someone in the hallway, you give them a high five. Right? High fives all around. You meet the new potential, you shake their hand, you tell them about the high five thing, they start doing the high five thing. Right? Everyone's doing high fives constantly and you're like, sick, I can touch you and physically interact with you. You're a real person. Nice. Just go over, poke Andrew every now and again. You never know. Right? For sure, man. For sure. Just slap him. That's what you do with Andrew when he's in that chair. (laughs) That's true. That is straight across the face. And like, I guess going forward, they're probably going to implement something to this effect. But like, how have they not been doing this yet? Immediate, Immediately. Every time you pass someone, give them an old high five right there. If they're feeling under the weather and they're like, I don't want to touch hand to hand, elbow to elbow. Elbow it, yeah. It's it's less fun, but like, you know what? It gets the job done. Because at this point, the number of potentials and number of Scoobies is pretty much equal in the house. 
So you've got half of the people in your house, like, being people you've never met before, you have no idea who they are, and you're just going to trust that they're definitely real? Well, Mm. anyone can die at any time, and then they can just impersonate any person in there. And they just elbow to elbow or high five it. Just dummies. Dummies all around. And again, plot holes for days, right? For because days. like that's not a great thing to show off in your TV show. No. But it, it's gotta be something that someone has thought about. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, the whole thing so... is that you're fighting a presence that has no physical <laughs> body. Ah, anyway. They're, I mean, they're dumb. I think they've been shown to be dumb. Although they have some been. of them haven't. So this is the first time in my notes this episode that I have written in all caps, who cares about Spike? <laughs> Because honestly, why is this one of the main goals that we currently have? The war will be won or lost based on Spike's involvement. Yeah. We need to rescue Spike. It's a priority. High priority. For some reason. (laughs) So weird because this is mostly coming from Buffy. Right. And previously in this season, Buffy has been shown to not give two shits about Spike. Yep. So that's kind of a problem, you know? Oh. Oh, you know, having Buffy around, like if she says that she's leaving and then comes back shortly after, she could be the first two. High five. High five. High five. five. Oh, man. Son of a bitch. So stupid. (sighs) (laughs) I can't tell whether you're real exasperated or fake exasperated trying to get me to a a revelation of my own that some of these Buffies in this house have been fake Buffies. (sighs) Oh, I would never lead you down that path. Mm. I want you to draw your own conclusions. No, I am real exasperated because as I think I have been very clear about on this podcast... I'm a crazy paranoid person, so mm-hmm. I would be all over this let's check if everyone's real thing Absolutely. right away. Right that, away. It's a matter of survival in the Hellmouth, honestly. Right? Giles shows up and he's like, hey guys, guess what? The first can't touch anyone. And I'm like, all right, Giles, bring it in. Let's yeah. do a hug. I just go straight for the face with open <laughs> hands, you know? Like everyone's Your face faces, waterfall? Yeah, everyone's faces that I can grab immediately. Just <laughs> face, face, face. Got my yeah. grabby hands on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super unsanitary, but whatever. I mean, uh, germs are just, they're the way that these are going to go for now. Yeah, for sure. Whatever. So yeah, uh, there's also some talk about, well, Spike and something called a Belljox's eye. Yeah, yeah. Which I think you said that, right? Yeah, similar to right. How did you spell it? I'm curious. B-E-L-J-O-X apostrophe S. There is an A at the end, but other than that, you're right on the money. Yeah. Belljox's eye. That makes, yeah. yeah. Belljox's versus Belljox's. Sure, sure, sure. It's quite similar sounding, yeah. Some sort of oracle type creature that might be able to help him out. You know, it's going to be wacky magic fun times. It's pretty unclear how what this thing knows. Well, they say that it's an oracle, and I think that's proven to be untrue. Because an oracle... Uh, doesn't an oracle see the future? I'm trying to think of what the etymology of oracle is, because okay. I'm pretty sure it just comes from I. And this thing's certainly got an eye or two. It's got plenty of <laughs> eyes. Listen, it's got eyes for days. For days. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Anya doesn't want to go see this thing. Once Buffy hears about it, she's like, you know, if there's any way that this thing could give us any information, you guys need to go. Hmm. Turns out Oracle is from the uh, the Latin orare, which is, you know, similar to orating, which is uh, speaking, praying or pleading. With oh. The material instrumental suffix culo. Anyway, okay. so That's not really at not all a... about seeing. No. Yeah, Oculus, mm. that's what I'm thinking of, not Oracle. No, <laughs> very different, very different. 
<laughs> and that's anyway. your your lesson for the day, listeners. Tis indeed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. What's happening? I don't know. We cut to Spike. He's yeah, having some sort of vision. We're talking about Spike, so we have to cut to him. That's true. That is what we do in this show now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. right, he's chained up to a wall. He beats up some cultists. He's super cool. He's escaping from the, the hole. But, oh, no, it was all a dream, an elaborate Buffy dream. And the first tells him that Buffy won't ever come for him. It was at this point that I was like, is the first really bored? Like, <laughs> what is the fascination with Spike? Everyone is obsessed with with Spike. Can't you just kill him at this point? You've got like, your UV, right? What do you need him for? I guess he makes good bait if you're trying to get Buffy to come to you to fight UV. But that doesn't really work and you're sending no. out UV anyway. And like, you're not gonna torture Spike to death. He's a vampire. There are a few very specific ways you can kill him, but yeah. I don't know. what. Like, what's he doing here? What is the first getting out of this? Question mark. And again, the writers are not interested in this sort of question, although it is the type of question we are interested in, which That's puts us rather do. at loggerheads. A little. A little. So Anya's going to take a look for this Berjox's eye or whatever. Beljox's sure. eye. Uh, she's look- hitting up a demon that she used to know. <laughs> Used to know is a euphemism, right? Uh, no in the biblical sense. Just just the one time. Sure. Yeah, but uh, he was a lot more emotionally invested, I think, than she was in their interaction. So Anya's chosen to wear a delightful s- sweater coat to this yeah. interaction, which I've titled Pink Alert. I'd say, I'd call it pink, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's looking pretty excellent. I mean, not if you're a demon, but if no. you're a human. Yeah, she, I said sweater coat because I think it is just a coat. But it's mm-hmm. definitely a oh, material, material yeah. that you would not normally make a coat out of. Also, Anya's gone blonde again, which I'm always a fan of. Mm-hmm. She's definitely looking good. And I really wanted to capture how Giles is just casually standing here with his hands in his pockets. <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> it's fucking unending. It's just delightful. The number of shots that we get of Giles doing reactions to Anya talking to Torque? Is that his name? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, the reaction shots from Giles are excellent and gratuitous. <laughs> Like, Torque says something, reaction shot from Giles. Anya says something, reaction shot from Giles. (laughs) It's great. He is just kind of here because, well, he wants to come to this dimension where the Beljoxa's eye lives Mm -hmm. with Anya, but he doesn't really have anything to contribute to this interaction because he didn't have a one night stand with this demon (laughs) that we know of. He can threaten this guy, though, and that's good. You know, he's like, I know the Slayer, and I guess I'll have her come beat you up if you don't do what we ask, which is open the portal to this eye which only demons can do so please do it for us or else my slayer will beat up you and he's like this is dumb but fine whatever whatever yeah he rejects Anya's (laughs) sex bribery yeah (laughs) sex bribery is much more accurate because she's all gross and human now and she's Her self-esteem, really, it's taking another hit, I think, with this. This is like, what, two rejections in really not very many days. That's true, yeah. Yeah, she got rejected by Spike. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, huh. Mm. Anya doesn't have as much game as I thought she would. And Xander continues to have too much. Too much. Way Ah, too much. Way too much. So it's going to be some wacky extra extra dimensional fun times. And as we go into that, let's also go into our first segment. Cool, cool, cool. Michaela, it's time to play The Name Game. The Name Game. Judy. Judy, Judy, Bo Booty, Banana, Fana, Fo Foodie, Beep, Bop, 
I'm I'm on it. I'm good at names. So, contrary to what it sounds like, this is not actually about the potentials and oh, their oft-forgotten names. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to either of us because I don't care either. Right? That's not a fun game. <laughs> Michaela, I've been thinking recently about some names of Buffy episodes and how they might be described as suboptimal. Okay. Especially recently, we've gotten to a place, you know, like season one, they had pretty evocative names. It's like bug trubs. I know what happens in that, right? It's actually called something, something mantis. Teacher's pet. Sure, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bad example to start off with. But which? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Which or the pack or yeah. I robot you Jane, the puppet show, nightmares, like these are all very what it says on the tin. Recently, we've had some bullshit like sleeper. Mm, never leave <laughs> me. Never leave me. Yeah. Older and far away is from last season, which we oh, talked God. about was but was like thumbs down, you know? Double Meat Palace was good, but for every Double Meat Palace, we've had something else that is just utter nonsense. And Michaela, I've got some episode titles for you. So I'm going to give okay. you an episode title and then two possible summaries from different episodes. And I want you to tell me which one actually matches the episode title. I think I'm going to disappoint you with how good I am at this, but we'll see. This is not meant to be challenging. It's meant to make you think like, wow, that was a worse name for the episode it was actually for than this Uh other episode that it better describes. Okay, that's that's very exciting. So the first one is fan favorite Checkpoint. (laughs) (laughs) So Michaela, either... The, the council comes to town to assess Buffy's readiness to accept their help or yeah. Riley begins to go crazy Graham tries him tries to get him to come in for a checkup man that would be a better a better name for that episode yeah it's not the Riley no, one it turns it's, out no it's, it's the stupid watchers council one that honestly in my mind I hear checkpoint and I legitimately picture Riley and Graham in the forest in the jungle somewhere yeah, yeah. in the jungle I I can't that help it. did not happen. No, but I, I can picture it so vividly. Right? It's so real to me. <laughs> it's so much better than what we watched. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you, yeah. Again, you're yeah. going to get every single one of these, but that's fine. I think we can talk around that. And the next one coming up is another fan favorite. Goodbye, Iowa. <laughs> All right. Okay, wait. My guess uh-huh. is that you're going to read me the actual thing of what happened in Goodbye, Iowa. Right. And then you're going to read me the episode where Riley leaves. Oh, you are absolutely <laughs> correct. <laughs> Option one was Riley leaves Sunnydale behind after a fight with Buffy. And option two was Adam escapes and wreaks havoc on the town. Was that Goodbye, Iowa? Yeah, that was Goodbye, Iowa. Like, well, I don't know if he escapes in that one. Oh, maybe he does. Right, because he comes back at the end, slithers on in there, and, and he starts fucking monologuing with his fucking floppy disks. Yeah, good times, guys. Yeah, the one where Riley leaves is much more plausibly called Goodbye, Iowa, than Adam does some shit around town. What's what's that second one actually called? Uh oh shit. It's not as you were. No, no, no. That's that's, that's when, when he comes, he comes back. back. Yeah. Like Scardboard, right? Yeah, that's Scardboard. So it would have been season five halfway through. Oh, it's called Into the Woods. Right. Oh, of course. Because he was going to the jungle, of course. <laughs> yeah. I yeah sure. <laughs> um. <laughs> 
This is a personal favorite of mine. Same time, same place. Option okay. one is Willow comes back to Sunnydale, dreading seeing her friends after what she has done. Option two is Dawn makes an impulsive wish, trapping everyone inside the summer's home with her at the same time, Ooh. same place. Yeah, it does kind of work with that one. It works much better with the Dawn one than it does with the Willow yeah. one. Because the Willow one, like, she's back in the same place, certainly. But, but it's like, literally not the same time or like... <laughs> and it's not even that much focused on her being back in a place it's much more focused about her being back with her friends and not wanting to see them oh is that the one that's called older and far away yes yeah yeah oh, older and far away a... is dawn makes an impulsive wish trapping everyone in the summer's home with her what a terrible title awful title it should have been called same time same place ironically an episode yeah. that would happen about a half season later okay final one this one might actually be harder because the episode title is spiral Oh, fuck. <laughs> so, either Willow falls deeper into her addiction with powerful magics, aided by a recently de-ratted Amy, or the Scoobies flee Sunnydale in Spike's RV while the Knights of Byzantium attack on horseback. So I know it's the second one only because what you described in the first one was either smashed or wrecked. Correct. <laughs> I don't know which one. They're the same episode, basically. Wrecked is the one where she gets in a car crash. Smashed is the one where I guess that's more applicable. Would you have preferred if the episodes were called Smashed and Racked? Oh! <laughs> I think Smashed was more appropriately titled Racked, though. If it was Racked and then Wrecked, now that's some yeah. shit. That is some good shit right there. Racked and Wrecked. Uh, that's the real one that I want. Why that Knights of Byzantium episode is called Spiral, I couldn't tell you. I have no concept of what they were thinking calling that Spiral. And I just love how accurate the, the summary of like Spike's RV and while the Knights of Byzantium attack on horseback. I love yeah. that that's accurate, yeah, yeah. but it sounds so insane. Because I'm pretty sure I read that synopsis to you because I wanted to read the words Spike's RV. And you oh were like, God. you thought I was making it up. <laughs> Yeah. I think. <laughs> yes, because he famously does not have an RV. <laughs> famously. Oh, Lord. God. All right. I think that was a successful segment, and yeah. I think some of these names are dumb. Showtime works kind of well, but still is not an amazing episode title. No. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I don't... It, it, I think I like it better than some of the things we've had recently. Yeah. The never leave me's and sleepers <laughs> of the world. Right. At least at the end of this episode, it is in fact showtime. Yeah. You know? And you can look back and be like, oh yeah, there was like a show put on in a manner of speaking mm -hmm. from a certain point of view. <laughs> That's what we always want, a certain point of view. Sure, sure, sure. All right, so back into the episode. We got a call from the coven coming into town. Willow picks it up. She's glad to hear it. There's a new potential. She's in Sunny D somewhere. They got to go pick her up. Well, she's been here for a couple of days, it sounds like, mm, and weird. they didn't know. Hmm, that's mm. not going to be a problem, though, probably. You know what I'm thankful for in this episode? Dawn's hair is back to fucking normal. Oh, her hair is super normal. It's so yes. normal. It's so blessedly normal. It doesn't have <laughs> curls over straight anymore. No. Holy shit. Is this, is this when our pictures are? Oh, yeah. Spirit of Forest <laughs> for me and channeling her inner forest for you. Because... <laughs> because Dawn has chosen to wear 
a brightly colored, not orange, but it's reddish orange. It's orange adjacent. Burnt, yeah. burnt yeah. orange? Yeah. yeah. Turtleneck is the most important word of that sentence. Yeah. Much in the way of our, our favorite of Riley's friends, Forrest. <laughs> And that time that he wore, it's so untrue, that time that he wore a bright orange turtleneck and we gave him a lot of shit for it. I love that Riley has like one and a half friends, generously (laughs) speaking, and Forrest is not our favorite. No, he's the worst. But yeah, no, when I saw that your picture of Don in this turtleneck was in much the same vein as my picture, I was just like, what are we bringing to this podcast? That Forrest callback. We're bringing the same shit. yeah okay so don is talking to willow and whatever i don't really care what i really care about here is what they've done to felicia day poor little miniature felicia day and they've got her wearing this trash fucking like everything about this is everything that they did to season one willow magnified oh god they're like oh we've got another person who's a redhead on this show better put her in as much red as we can find and then throw all sorts of multicolored stripes on top of that just to really make it stand out (laughs) her asymmetrical hairstyle her stupid copious stripes (laughs) oh god oh she poor little baby oh poor little felicia you didn't deserve this she didn't deserve this potential or not she didn't deserve it no (laughs) it's around here that more of my notes about chloe in big quotation marks (laughs) come in (laughs) about how she's a downer and she doesn't think any of them are ready to be called or activated turns out her name's eve guys and that'll clear up a lot of things later on yeah it turns out she is a downer rona is really getting on this train with her but eve is certainly the conductor of the downer train choo, choo. she's got some good points mind you that, <laughs> she does. like they're not ready m- m- some of them have some training but they're not the slayer if the slayer goes down they're probably all screwed which makes it interesting then that the plan from the first is to kill all of them before yeah. killing the slayer see Prior to that bullshit that I read on the wiki, Uh I was, of course, under the impression that killing Buffy doesn't even make another potential into the Slayer because that hard happened. That's true, actually, yeah. Right? And Faith, because our whole plan, remember, was to just drown Faith and Buffy over and over and over again. Yeah. But then it was pointed out, I thought it was canon for sure, that the Slayer line is coming from Faith now and killing Buffy doesn't actually do anything. Mm -hmm. So from that perspective, why wouldn't the first immediately kill Buffy? You know what I'm glad to see, Michaela? What's that? I'm glad to see more people remember that Faith exists. They did bring her up, yeah. Yeah, Felicia Day's like, there's a whole other Slayer out there, I heard, and everyone else is like who the fuck are you talking about and it's hard not to read into this a writer's room meeting where one of them's like what about faith and everyone else turns to that jackass and goes who say that (laughs) name again and he's like that other the active slayer that we made that we haven't seen in like a season season and a half and they're like oh shit 
yeah, throw one of throw a line in there about her. Yeah, we all <laughs> we all remembered that she existed, of course. Yeah. And this was this was another one of the things that made me think no one has told these poor girls anything. <laughs> right? Because most of them seem pretty shocked to discover that there is another slayer. Yeah. It's treated as a bit of background gossip that like doesn't yeah. even bear dwelling on. <laughs> She's the active slayer. <laughs> Yeah, it's... Except mm. possibly not canonically anymore after the early events of season six. What? It's such... Like, to me, this is a pillar of this show, is that there is a Slayer. And, like, all of the first season episodes began with, like, there is a chosen one. Giles was doing a voiceover. One girl in all the world. Yeah, chosen to become the Slayer and whatnot, as Giles said. And you're like, okay, cool, that sounds great, we're all on board. And now, they've chucked it out the window, and they're like, Buffy's important, her name's on the credits, Faith is like... Mm, a tertiary thought at best. But, like, it's so insane. <laughs> oh. Can we move on to Xander and Buffy going to the motel to find the potential? Yeah, yeah. I have a note that she says, uh-oh. And I guess that's Xander and Buffy going to the motel. <laughs> <laughs> so. I love that my notes are more comprehensive than yours about this. Checks out. <laughs> well, okay. Mine are more comprehensive for a reason. I've got things okay. like, but oh no, much stab wow written down, which is not super okay. helpful. It, it's, it's more, more helpful, helpful than, than yours. Uh oh. <laughs> and then, then it's just a bunch of notes about me thinking that her name was Chloe and who the fuck is Eve. <laughs> And just being so confused. <laughs> so confused. But that uh. that calms down in a couple lines. It's okay. It's okay. Don and Andrew get another scene in here because, you know, Don's still in the credits or whatever and they have to do something with her. I was getting a sort of brother-sister vibe from this. Mm -hmm. I've got no problems with it. There's a thing that Andrew says here about Timothy Dalton, which, first of all, is a callback to him thinking Timothy Dalton is the, best, the best Bond. Bond. Holy yeah. shit. Which is pretty great. And the thing he says about Timothy Dalton, I do not understand even remotely. The paragraph about it on the wiki is so large that it's taking up like most of my screen. <laughs> so I don't think I'm going to read it because it's a lot of really, really specific James Bond ref or James Bond information that I don't think you or our listeners need. But like very few people are going to get this reference that he makes I, my entire notes for this scene are andrew is very lonely and sad like i tuned him out completely i didn't realize he made a james bond reference i know he makes an episode one reference at some point but i don't know where that is that was when he was still tied to the chair which by the way no longer tied to the chair yeah great he's smelly and he's not tied to the chair okay. anymore nice. i'll tell you what he said and then again I don't think I'm going to explain it because it's just too much. To. Good. He said, you know, Timothy Dalton never got his props because he came in at the end of an old regime, but he had it going on. He went rogue with the broccolis. They were just treading water stylistically. I don't care about that at all. I see right? why I tuned it out. <laughs> Because it's just a bunch of, bunch of meaningless words. Yeah, this is very Andrew, but in a way that I don't care about at all. In a way that, like, one of the people on the writing staff is a huge Bond fan. Sure. Right? right? Like, that's all that that can possibly be. Yeah. What I actually care about is Buffy coming to kick Eve out. And, you know, Eve's yeah. like, oh, I'm spooky. I'll be sending something to visit you soon. It's going to be fun. I'm in a really bad screen sh green screenshot. <laughs> 
<laughs> Buffy straight up interrupts the evil monologue. Like, that's not cool. <laughs> you know, who would do such a thing? Who? What sort of monster would do such <laughs> what a thing? sort of monster? Yeah. Yeah, and this really shakes the potentials up for good reason. <laughs> yeah. They've been... <laughs> Hanging out with this person, sleeping beside her, you know, literally spending three, two or three days straight with her. And Mm -hmm. now it turns out she wasn't real this whole time. Oh my God. And the many people, actually, I was going to say one person, but the many people who are supposed to be protecting them had no idea. Like this is Michaela's worst nightmare, right? Oh, yeah. This is why you (laughs) have the high five system. Yeah. Guys. Takes care of this. You know, it really does. It's such a simple. Quickly. Simple system. Good God. Yeah. So yeah, we get some stuff from the eye about how the Slayer line has been destabilized by the Slayer coming back. And like later on, Anya's going to feel bad about this. Be like, oh, I, the, I was the one who did it. And I'm like, no, you weren't. That was Xander and Angel in first season, but whatever. Fuck it. Right. Do you like my picture of Anya after her and Giles come out of this super windy dimension? What? Oh, is this Puffhead? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it's great. <laughs> Poor hair. Just so Constantly, up. while they're talking to this eye. And the eye prop's great, right? It's just yeah. a, an entirely black set with what looks like an eyeball, except the eyeball is made of many eyeballs. So many eyeballs. So many. That are all, like, moving around and sometimes blinking and stuff. It's great and it's creepy. And it's in this metal cage for some reason. Yeah, so it's talking to them. It's super spooks. And the, the, the entire time they're talking to this thing, it's just... Fully windy. They are being Her hair's blown being away. Blown around, yeah. Oh, fantastic stuff. For sure, it's great. But yeah, you know, Slayer line destabilized. Now the first construct. Whatever. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Um, Honestly, yeah. it just like they learn this information, and you're like, what was the point of that? Like, why did they waste my time with this? <laughs> it's a wacky extra dimensional thing, and it tells us that Buffy coming back the second time was wrong. <laughs> Because the show has not forgotten about the first time Buffy died. No, she sang about it that one time with the singing. But this is the thing. Hey, I've died twice. It's so glossed over that it removes a lot of the impact of Prophecy Girl whenever I watch that episode. Both times I've watched that episode, I should say. But both times I'm like, yeah, whatever. It lasts for like three minutes and then she's back and no one even cares. Right, she's barely dead. Right? That's how the show treats it. (laughs) And I'm like, she died. (laughs) You can't say she barely died. She died. And like, remember that time that she almost was shot and killed by Warren? Right. But then the show also was like, no, she's mostly fine. Like, it's really not a big deal. (laughs) She was only mostly dead. Yeah. Right? Like, it's like she was dead for months. That's when it really counts. Mostly dead is still a little bit alive. So we're all fine there. Jesus Christ show. Come on. Oh. All right, back to Shea Summers. It's been wrecked up a few times, but that doesn't mean it can't still be more wrecked up. So they're having this meeting with the Potentials who are real shook up about this whole Eve thing, as they have every right to be. Yeah. And they are like, Buffy can't protect us. Mm. And they have a very good reason to believe that at this point. Yes. She got her ass kicked by UV. And yep. the first just been living with them and no one had any idea. No one tried to high five her even once. And that's the saddest even- thing of all. No high One fives. Time. Zero high fives. Right. And then, I mean, I'm going to skip around a bit or skip ahead a bit sure. because we don't find this out right now. We find it out later when it is revealed very cleverly. 
Yeah. But Buffy starts to mind speak at Willow, something Uh we have never seen happen before, and something that Buffy seems to be the one to initiate. Oh, these are both excellent points. Shit. In my list of plot holes, I didn't even come up with this. But yes, because Willow has previously mind communicated, awakened mind style, with other people. We saw that when Buffy was dead at the start of season six. It was cool. Buffy initiating this and knowing about it at all? Makes no sense at all. Makes no sense based on what we've been shown. Mm -hmm. Huh. Yeah, no sense. And so silently, Xander also gets dragged into this. Mm -hmm. And the three, I'm going to call them the three main scoobs, I guess. They go into the kitchen and they're like, ah, we've made a plan. (laughs) An excellent plan. An excellent plan that is not convoluted, improbable, and (laughs) definitely won't work at all. The fact that it works is really... It's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. That's an excellent word for it. Yeah. It boggles the absolute mind. We're going to break it down? Yeah, absolutely. Let's break this plan down. So the plan starts off with the uber vampire breaking into the Summer's home. And you're like, you know he's going to get through the door. Why are you wasting a perfectly good door? Leave the door open. Leave the door open. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great... Great point. The second step of the plan is Willow erects a magical barrier. Great. This is scary because the last time she tried to do big magic, the first really fucked with her. So they don't even know that this part of the plan is going to work. And if it fails, they are super fucked. Yeah. The rest of the plan is a no-go. Yes. So, all right. Step step one, honestly, of the plan. Because <laughs> yeah. having the uber vampire break into your house is not really <laughs> part of the plan. It's not. It's not a step. It's not a step. (laughs) So step one of the plan, if it fails, you are super fucked, which is not a great plan, right? It's not really a a fallback. Yeah. Step three of the plan is to use this brief window of opportunity to run out the back door. The bringers have surrounded the house because they don't want anyone escaping. They want the uber vamp to come in and murder everyone but Buffy. So in step two, we're in currently, which is running out the back door, multiple people might die. And Xander almost dies. Yeah, this is not a great time. But he doesn't. And instead, three more bringers are killed. One by Xander, one by Kennedy, and a fourth of the episode by Buffy. (gasps) Oh boy. She shouldn't kill people. But apparently these people don't count. Good thing. Cultists aren't people. Cultists aren't people. That's what this show's telling us. Yeah, anyone with face tattoo or weird eyes, not actually (laughs) people. No name, face tattoo, weird eyes. Yep. They've given up their humanity. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so that's step two of the plan is to run away. Run out the back door. Step- and then I guess step three is to continue running to a second location. Step No, step three is to split up, which oh, doesn't right. matter. No. So no, step three is to split up so that Buffy fights UV and that the potentials get away to a quote unquote safe location. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> UV doesn't give a shit about Buffy. Right, which they hypothetically more or less know. Yeah. That was part of the I think that the they plan? can infer that. But Buffy doesn't seem surprised or really too put out when UV runs away from her. Like Giles told them that they're going to kill all the potentials and then kill the Slayers. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, how he broke it down. So yeah. That's, hmm, yeah. She knows that UV isn't going to stay fighting her forever. And then she knows that she's going to reconvene with these people at the safe location, which is the new construction site for the library. So right. then splitting up changes actually 
literally nothing. All it does is make the other group who is currently the Potentials, Xander, Don, Willow, and Andrew. Sure, yeah. Into bait. Right. With Buffy not there to directly protect them. Yeah, leaves them unprotected for a brief period of time and lets them think that Buffy doesn't care about them or can't win. Yeah, or like let the Uber vamp get away, which she technically did. Oh, and the failure state for this step of the plan, because again, every step has a failure state which dooms the entire plan. The failure state for this one is that the Uber vamp gets away a bit sooner and murders all the potentials. Catches up to them. Yeah. And just murders them before Buffy can catch up to them. Because like literally what are any of them going to do? This dude is super strong and very difficult to kill. So all three steps have a completely fatal flaw in them. Yeah. Built in. Step four is to turn the lights on in this construction site and publicly fight the uber vampire. Yeah. So the intent of the entire plan is to reignite the potential's faith in Buffy by showing that she's able to kill this thing, mm-hmm. I guess. Yep. Yeah. Which is not guaranteed. No. And like, she almost died recently fighting it. And if that fails, again, they are completely fucked. But I guess they were completely fucked anyway, so they don't really care on step four, right? I mean, at this point... If Buffy is killed by UV, there's nothing they can do. That would have been true regardless of where this was happening. Sure, sure, sure. So step four being a fail or the plan continues step isn't actually that egregious in this case. Steps one, two, and three, though, those are bad. Like, those are are unacceptable. So much room for error. Unnecessary error. And it's really a four-step plan. And the entire plan is to show in front of the potentials that UV can die. So they need to get Buffy to a place where she can fight this guy and win and they've selected a good location for that which is the construction site so why didn't they move there in the daytime this is just it i guess the intent was to have the potentials be off balance be like literally make them terrified and maybe <laughs> and maybe they're just like oh if they're really low and then buffy kills this thing they ha- they travel such a further distance to happiness that they'll be that much more or impressed by Buffy. So that's the grand plan. It does work. <laughs> Should it work? It shouldn't. <laughs> no. And you've got to hope that all the opportunities for complete and abject failure were worth it. But this is what I'm talking about in plot holes. Like, oh yeah, this it's entire plan. last act is insane. And I guess it's mostly for the benefit of the audience. Like, I also love it because you went over this like, you know, silent conversation within the minds of all these protagonists and we're yeah. shown this two separate times. Once before the fight and I guess once after the fight. Is that right? Or it's during, during, during I the think, fight? because Dawn figures it out and then loudly is like, wait a minute. You guys planned this. And you're like, shut your mouth, Dawn. Which doesn't actually leave that much time between these two events. So it makes it very unimpactful. So it's like, you see this entire conversation happen in silence. So it's just a bunch of people nodding at each other and then leaving a table. Looking, (laughs) giving each other meaningful looks. (laughs) And then not five minutes later, you see it with the voiceover going of their internal monologues and you're like yeah but it's only been five minutes we didn't really have time to wonder about that at this point no yeah no it's uh, it's a terrible yeah. plan but it gives us a, an opportunity to go into our second segment for the evening cool so let's do that let's go into motivation station uncle owen yeah it's our two unit has a bad motivator look 
All right, what's this? Michaela, how do you get and stay motivated? So, a number of things that I see in you and me, hopefully, that mean that we are motivated. Number one, this podcast. It's been going on for uh, 133 episodes now, which is, by my count... (laughs) How many weeks? Oh, it's been going on for two and a half years. We started in September or August, and it's now February as we record, so yeah. It's been a long time. Two and a half years. We got uh, 11 more weeks before we finish up and that's very exciting obviously but most podcasts make it to about season three and then i think we've talked about it definitely in person possibly on pod about how they just like fizzle out right like you lose motivation and it just things start getting in the way things start coming up and you don't have it anymore Um, we're, we're also both runners and pretty much every day we get up and we run unless there's something wrong with our bodies and yeah i i'm interested in exploring what it is that like allows people to be motivated or makes people motivated rather than giving up a couple weeks into a buffy podcast i would say that i have very different answers between the running and the podcast oh interesting yeah so for me the podcast is sort of like it's sort of like this state that I'm in where I am doing this podcast and not doing it a doesn't ever occur to me but b would be failing you in a way mm. and so the fact that like if I was doing this alone it would definitely be a <laughs> more boring (laughs) B much harder I think to continue to motivate myself if I didn't sort of have someone to answer to yeah that's true having someone to answer to good motivation tip yeah and so for some people that is how they make themselves go to the gym go for a run whatever every morning they either have someone that they do that with or they have a trainer who they basically are paying to make them show up at the damn gym Mm -hmm. I'll say that's not that dissimilar from how I've sometimes run which is what I'll right. call spite running, which is where I see <laughs> you are ahead of me in, let's say, yearly kilometers run sure. in Strava, the social yeah. running app. And I'll be like, well, I can't have that. What if I went for an 11 kilometer run tomorrow? <laughs> then I'd be ahead of Michaela. And that, yeah. that would mean I'm winning. And that's spite running. Yeah. So I, I've definitely participated <laughs> in some spite running. Of course. Yeah. I would say that my, my motivation for exercising is a lot more unhealthy (laughs) because uh, I'm very good at forcing myself to do things by bullying myself. Oh, wow. That is not how you're supposed to motivate yourself. (laughs) I do it less than I used to, but I spent many years, I would say like maybe probably all of high school and university by self-motivation through bullying. It's a hard habit to break, all right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, if I'm already running and I, you know, whatever, I'm at four kilometers and I want to get to five, Mm -hmm. I won't do it so much then. That kind of motivation is usually me making, like, deals with myself. Right. Where you're like, okay, I'll just run 500 more meters and then we'll reassess. So just do that and then we'll talk about it. And then I get to the next the next milestone that I've set. And we're like, well, that wasn't so hard. You can do that again. Just 500 more. It's not a big deal. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but in terms of, yeah, getting up and going every day, it's a little bit more bullying. With like good intent. Certainly. You know, yeah. it's me being like, don't you want to be healthy? Isn't that what you want? Well, maybe you you just need to get up and do it then. And then once the alarm goes off, I'm solid. If the alarm's going off at six, I'm getting up, I'm getting out there. Everything's great. Yeah. Yeah, the alarm is actually, just stick to an alarm has been very helpful to me. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think that's my largest motivating factor other than spite. And spite is not actually... (laughs) why i run mostly yeah 
All right. I'm very bad at going back to sleep. So if the alarm goes off, I'm probably just awake now. Mm, interesting. And like being woken up at 6 a.m. and then not doing something productive with that extra time infuriates me. Right. So... <laughs> That's how the alarm works. Hmm, all right. Yeah. Interesting. Do you want to wrap this pot up? We're almost there. Let's do it. Buffy's got the lights. She's fighting the Uber vamp. The potentials are watching. Willow's like, no, guys, don't help her. She's definitely got this. <laughs> she does not definitely have this. <laughs> I want to make that very clear. <laughs> definitely got this she has potentially got this if i can <laughs> borrow a phrase <laughs> yeah and like i understand that this whole thing doesn't work if they help her the whole point of this is that they need to believe in buffy and in order for them to do that buffy needs to show them that she is a capable fighter who can kill this thing even though it beat the shit out of her like two days ago buffy has a really nice the reason you suck speech where she ends it with well <laughs> Welcome to the Thunderdome on this uber vampire who must be very confused yeah. at this time. He's like, I, I died like, a long time ago. English. Right? Yeah. <laughs> He's talking in Latin. He's like, I don't understand what you're saying. Uh, it's very confusing and I'm filled with a lot of really big emotions right now. Could we just fight? <laughs> Could we just fight? <laughs> Yeah. They do yeah. fight. She cuts his head off eventually with some rebar eventually. or like wire. I think it might have been barbed wire. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, she first blinds him by stabbing him in the eye with a crossbow bolt shaft that she snapped off from in his chest. Which is pretty fun, yeah. I have to say. You know, he's strangling her and she's like, oh, I'll just grab this thing in your chest and shove it in your eye. It's definitely a fight that could go either way. Yeah. No, it's not like... This guy is very strong. She's not crushing him. No. And she gets through it because that's generally what Buffy does. But like... Mm. I think this is the fight where she tries to do the double kick to him that he did to her. And like... It does not It work. goes so much worse for her. <laughs> she does it and just falls to the ground. It's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, it's super no, it's embarrassing. embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, eventually, though, she does kill him. Yay! Huzzah! And then I've got the note who cares about spike all in caps again <laughs> and honestly i'm not sure why <laughs> because the final scene from this episode is buffy showing up in the cave uh, to save spike and it's been yeah. a rough couple episodes for him so sure that's great but like who cares who cares why, about why is him? this yeah i did write hey buffy you should probably give another speech <laughs> Which she, you know, partially did. Yeah. But she <laughs> She's really speechifying. Gives them a quick speech about how they're going to kick ass and take some names and yeah. whatnot. I just feel like I've got this note, who cares about Spike, before I've got the, hey, Buffy, you should probably give a speech note. <laughs> so, like, someone must have said something. I have no answers for you then. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe as Buffy was cutting off his head, she said, this is for Spike. <laughs> Almost certainly. But yeah, she shows up and we as the viewers are pretty sure this is actually Buffy. She you know she's got her face all patched mm -hmm. up. Spike has been burned both figuratively and literally, <laughs> I'm sure, by the first. So he's like, I know what you're... No, sorry. Mm -hmm. I know what you're up to, governor. <laughs> yes, you used governor. <laughs> all right, then. What's this? Some sort of trick with a knife? Go on, then. Have a laugh. You can't hurt me anyways. <laughs> but it turns out it's the real Buffy. Yay. Oh, yay. Good for you, Spike. Uh, Michaela, do you like this episode? <laughs> I like it a lot less than I did when I watched it. Yeah. Although 
This one I was legitimately pretty bored for. Yeah. Yeah. It's a more so than I have been. Pretty boring episode. And then it's got yeah. so many plot holes that they're never going to think about. Oh, it Hell makes me no. angry. Yeah. Yeah. Michaela, who won this episode? Oh, that's a great question. Spike? Um I think it has to be Spike. Cause I sort of wanted to say the first because she really does fuck them up <laughs> with does. Eve. Or it, sorry. Yeah. Uh but then uv gets killed and that's not what the first wanted to see yeah that was a a plan that was like a long time in the making comparatively speaking and then got killed within an episode of them learning it learning what it is yeah it's it's pretty downer it's a pretty big downer that that uv you know so pour one out for old uv right i see why it may have been dismissed in online talks that i saw about it yeah yeah it's really dumb (laughs) they make such a big deal about it and then it's just gone so here we are so yeah spike gets rescued he's not gonna be tortured anymore by the first great for him i mean i might give this win to buffy actually oh yeah motivate some potentials kill uv and rescue spike yeah that's true that's pretty good that is a solid win win than buffy yeah yeah, I like that. All right. And as far as outfits go, I'm going to have to go with Anya's sweater dr- or sweater coat. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We are rather bright and pink. She's looking cute. I love her puffy hair. All good stuff. <laughs> and do we have a Taylor Kingston review for this episode? We do not. Oh, Unfortunately. So I have called up the Teeks review from Teacher's Pet or Bug Trubs. Bug Trubs! As we like to call it. As I usually call it because I can't remember. It doesn't you involve the word mantis. No. <laughs> what do you think? Teeks titled this episode review. The one with the mantis eggs. The one with a giant praying mantis. Oh, shit. <laughs> Close enough. Oh, bamboozled again. Oh, Teeks. Oh, Teeks. Never goddamn change. <laughs> I really like this episode, but it's also creepy. I mean, a giant praying mantis that poses as a high school teacher? Creepy. <laughs> There was a lot more commas in there. I I cleaned that sentence up more than I should have. I'm here. Let's reread it. I mean, comma, a giant praying mantis, comma, that poses as a high school teacher, comma, creepy. <laughs> that last comma really gets you. In this episode, a new teacher arrives to Sunnydale High after another teacher immediately gets murdered. Yes, his head was cut right off. Ew. Anyway, every single guy in the school is drooling all over her. She is moderately attractive, but everyone wants her so much. (laughs) Wow, throwing such shade. Uh, That poor teacher? When I read that, I'm like, I think she's pretty good looking. I'm not sure I can think of a more cutting insult than moderately attractive. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Teeks is not impressed. Let me tell you. <laughs> she is moderately, moderately attractive, but everyone wants her so much because she's spraying out pheromones. It turns out that she's a giant praying mantis posing as a woman. She must find virgins and get them to impregnate her, and then she will eat their heads. Yummy. The main thing is, comma, that Xander has fallen hopelessly for her, comma, and is going to be one of her victims. <laughs> Unless Buffy and the gang, comma, can stop her. (laughs) We're not done yet. Buffy is really surprised when she finds out that Xander is a virgin. It's really funny. (laughs) (laughs) High comedy there, Teeks. What rating do you think Teeks gave to this episode? Uh, An 8 out of 10. That's a 7? Oh, what? (laughs) 
Is it too spooky to be an eight? I thought it was too spooky to be a nine. It just, I guess it was too creepy. Huh. I don't know, man. Huh. I don't know. All right. Well, uh, glad to hear from Teeks weighing in on the important issues like bug trubs. I think, I think seven out of ten is... That's what's, pretty what's low. the actual... Oh, um... Oh, this is a 7.4 on IMDb. <laughs> Which is insane. Teeks is bringing that down? Are you kidding me? That's garbage television. Jesus Christ. There's a picture, like just a a picture of Buffy from the episode (laughs) that caught my eye. I'm going to send it to you because it's just so... Oh, season one Buffy. Yeah, yeah. (sighs) They had some problems in the costuming department, no doubt. Oh, no. (laughs) What's happening? Okay, okay. What is happening at the bottom of her hair? What's happening at the top of her hair? What's happening with her eyes? What's happening with her eyebrows? (laughs) She's also wearing, I think, Angel's coat. Oh, no, she is. Oh, God. (laughs) And like this eyeshadow is very questionable. Oh, this is after Mr. Forkman slashed at her. Oh, no. (laughs) Is this the episode with Mr. Forkman? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because she uses Mr. Forkman to track down the teacher. Oh, she does. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's why she's wearing Angel's coat in this ridiculous, ridiculous shot. Good Lord. Yep. Oh, God, you're cold. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, there's so many pictures of Angel on this, too. Oh, he's so young. Look at him. His tiny little face. Oh. Good Lord. All right. Well, Michaela, that was a heck of an episode that we just went through. (laughs) Yeah. Next time, though, 12, they're definitely not going to be deep in this mid-season slump. They're going to rise from the ashes, right? The next episode, and you're going to hate this, is called Potential. Son of a bitch. (laughs) So... Buffy is going to try and actually teach the potentials something, okay, which, yeah. you know, good. It's actually good that she wants to do that. And we're going to see a familiar face. <laughs> you son of a That's bitch. That's going to make you happy. Happy face. <laughs> oh, God. I don't even know who it is at this point. Yeah, might be, I know. Might be Amy again, because we've seen <laughs> Andrew and Giles this episode and Felicia Day, which Correct. means that it's- It is none of those people. It's probably not Warren. That wouldn't make me happy. Correct. It might be Amy. That would make me happy-esque. Faith would be good. Faith would be solid. Yeah. But I don't <laughs> think they're at that point yet because this episode, they were treating her as some like wacky rumor. So we'll see about that. Yeah, okay. Well, we got some some options, I guess. Hmm. Maybe the first Conjure's Glory's face again. That'd be great. I'd be in for that. I mean, this episode right? was just hanging out as Eve, and she was like, Well, I do say, y'all are the slayer? No way! That's the craziest thing I ever did here. <laughs> He really did not like Eve. Fucking fuck. No one likes Eve. She's awful. Right. She was designed to not be liked for sure because she's secretly the first. 
They did a good job, is what you're saying. I think they did an amazing her. job. Yes, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. I So I'm thinking of like the entire mid-season slump as a training montage. And I may have gone over last episode how I think a training montage would be an actually good episode. You did. Yeah. You said you wanted that. Again, I still want it. It's not going to happen. Instead, it's going to be stretched out <laughs> over many episodes. Yeah. So this episode, Showtime, is ranked 88 out of 144. Yeah, I Which... demote it from that, honestly. Because, like, that's above other season seven episodes no. that I don't think we had as much of a problem with. No. Mm. Like, even the one before this, I think I had a better time. Yeah. Can't even remember what it was called. Selfless? No, Selfless was, was the good one. <laughs> Bring on the night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one. <laughs> what was Selfless? That's the one about Anya. Oh, right. Yeah. That, that was good. Yeah. Well. Yeah. What a time. What yeah. a time. And we'll continue to have more of a time next episode. We're going to have a time. With yep. potentials. It's just called potential. With just potential. <laughs> It's a real episode yeah. with potential. Yeah. It doesn't actually, though. It's the mid-season slump. They, uh, they're running out of ideas and they don't have the season end of the season to draw them in, pull them into that yeah. final bit. Don't, aren't you excited that we haven't gotten to the worst episode yet? Oh my yet? god, I'm so worried. <laughs> Now, I don't, again, this all of this blurs together for me so right? much that I don't really remember, like, what each episode is about, what the, the one that is, quote-unquote, the worst actually is. Because I think it's less of, like, truly bad. Like, Reptile Boy, Goodbye Owa, Bug yeah. Trubs are all legitimately bad episodes. This is going to be a snooze fest. Yeah, flat. I think I've been using the word flat, yep. and I think it continues to apply. So, we'll see how that goes. I'm, yeah. until then our listeners can always find this episode up on reddit buffy.reddit.com they can find our pictures on facebook get, getting some nice art on there actually shared by some listeners which is great uh super excellent art from uh, michael and uh he's so far behind he's never gonna hear oh this, for and sure it, it's gonna be many months from now i guess it might be years but that's okay that's michael fine. we still love He'll you you're doing there. great yeah you're great <laughs> uh, uh, what else oh yeah you can email us beyondvenue.hellmouth at gmail.com and if you want to get in touch personally you can do it on stashpassions.com which is a social network for mustache havers and mustache lovers what? oh my god <laughs> I am on there at not my thing Michaela <laughs> Oh, boy. I'm on there at Timmy's Down the Bloody Well. Very nice. And until next time, farewell, farewell from, from the, the Hellmouth. Hell Hellmouth. 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 Hell